are. We are wonderful. We're pretty wonderful. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I will be uh, regaling you with my amazing pipe smoking capabilities. Mm -hmm. He almost sets an entire box of matches on fire. I mean, isn't that part of smoking a pipe? I thought that was like part of the thing. I mean, if be. you don't set some, <laughs> if you don't set Sorry, what was fire, that? you're not doing it. <laughs> if you don't, call uh... <laughs> I will send you to Jesus. <laughs> well, speaking of sending to Jesus, we're the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast, and uh, we send out to everyone we possibly can all the tainty waves that we have to offer. I am, of course, your Bajan Mahil, Andrew. I am your Sorovan Mahil, Josh. And I am your Amin Khan Mahil, Daniel. And it is lovely to have you here on this, uh, another wonderful Tuesday evening, if you are listening live, or whatever the fuck day you want it to be, if you're not. Yeah, uh, uh, that tracks. <laughs> That's how YouTube works, isn't it? I think. That is how YouTube works. For the most part, yeah. Oh, that is but... accurate. And Excellent. you should, even Excellent. though the sale will not be going you should keep an eye on our merch shop because we've got some exciting new designs coming your way yep it's pretty dope stuff Indeed. we're super excited um we got to get on that actually um which we will be doing soon we're well, really excited for you for I'll, everybody to see that I'll, I'll commit to doing that tomorrow june 8th you heard it <laughs> <laughs> From the Sorvon Mahal's mouth and pipe. Live chat is already hopping, ladies and gentlemen. You want to be a part of live action? Get in here. Join our Patreon. Go to blacktowerpod.com. You'll see our Patreon link. Mm. Uh-oh. We have had Interesting. Oh, yes. I didn't the know that was happening. The mistress has picked out uh, some gifts for us. Mm. I'm excited. Oh, and I found a new so, groundbreaking life hack strategy. So normally, most of the time mm. I get up to leave uh, or walk away in the middle of recording, it is to refill my glass of tainty inspiration. But I have this. Taintspiration? Ooh. Yes. So what is, I can mix is it, up. Andrew? Is it just uh, a really a, big alcoholic beverage? I mean, well, technically, <laughs> yes. It's a 40-ounce hydro flask of taint. But... <laughs> It works perfectly to pour and refill my regular glass. So I don't have to get up and leave it on. 40 ounce yeah. of taint on. <laughs> and tonight, just like this past Sunday night uh, over on Watchinary, I'm drinking, drink, drinking. I already can't speak. Okay. Um, can you, I either can need you more or I need less. You're not you're uh, not in the slot right now. You're still uh I'm not. Yeah, just to yeah. let you go, no guys, this is gonna be a rough episode. Uh we'll tell you what the topic is in a bit to tell you exactly how rough it's gonna be. But uh this is why all of us need to be drunk and or high as balls to go ahead and get through this episode. I, I should have taken like 12 shots before I even started recording. I should have been so fucking blitzed, I couldn't even find the record button. You should have done as many shots as there are rings. 
that's fair. I could do that. Man. I just bought a handle of Sailor Jerry. So, but I'm drinking rum. I, say, punch, I thought we did. I which looks way more we red. Did this one last week. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, <laughs> not totally. <laughs> but uh, if you want more Black Tower podcast stuff, then you get here. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube and you're like, oh, live chat sounds dope. I want to pop in, uh, which you can do for uh, for just a dollar a month, honestly. And we really, oh, really support. A month. We really, really appreciate the support, not support the appreciate, but we do support your appreciation. Um, <laughs> it all helps. It lets us do fun stuff. It lets us get fun stuff for the podcast and for everybody that supports us. And uh, yeah, it's it's super super appreciated uh, but by no means required so if you can't quite do it or you want to do it for a limited time you can and if you want to wait till tax season and dump an entire year's worth of support at one time we'll see you around tax season uh, but you can do that so uh, but you can get links to that our discord uh, our merch store both on Spreadshirt and on new creations by Gemma going to blacktowerpod.com which is your one-stop shop for all things black tower podcasts um fact. yeah that's a fact yeah, it's 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 pretty dope there's pictures up there from jordan con uh 2022 there will be pictures up there from WatCon, the inaugural WatCon 2022 which we will all be at um and, and as you're listening to this as well yep and if you're listening to this on youtube when it's public go ahead and make sure you have your vaccination status confirmations in because uh, from the date this goes live on the 17th, as of right now, you only have roughly a week to take and get that vaccination proof in. That is literally two weeks before the con starts. That is the minimum amount of time CDC recommends uh, or states that you have to have before you are considered fully vaccinated. So we're going with that. As of right now, um, if you're listening to us live and you're like, I don't know enough about WatCon. There's going to be a large information dump tomorrow on the Dusty Will. So, nice. yeah, June 8th, uh, regular Dusty Will time. I think the schedule for the show might already be up. May not be. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. I haven't looked, to be honest with you. But I know it's happening, and there's some cool <laughs> guests that are going to be there to talk about it. Not us. Same Dusty Wheel time, same Dusty Wheel channel. Yeah. So it's like baby. Uh, there's somebody else that they should check out and they can get to them from blacktowerpod.com. Who would that who would that be? Joshy? Joshy Pooh. Look at the Indiana Jones looking chibi of, of the cute lady who's got a rock pick and a rope and is ready to do some exploration. And you'll find that that is the crystal barista. Click that amazing little chibi. And go on to her website and you can see all the events that are coming up. If you are in the area or you want to be in the area, you can join us on your very own rock counting tours where we take people out. You can subscribe. There are numerous different subscription boxes and say, oh, that's just too extra and you just don't want to. You can look on the website. You can look through the Facebook page and uh, see if there's any shinies that you like that you can buy and take home. That's what I did. Can't see them because I'm, of course, in the. It's actually a really great thing to do for your significant other because everyone loves shiny rocks. Everyone. They are really shiny. 
Uh, pretty sure like this one is one of my favorites. Look at that That's shine! Cool. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh there, there oh, you go. Yeah. Maximum oh, yeah. shine. Oh yeah! <laughs> but that's enough of the promos enough of the plugs uh go and check out all the stuff go and do all the stuff and we'll see you at all the stuff you do hopefully yeah we but, really probably should stop plugging josh's wife i mean i mean okay that's that's outside of my my sphere of decision <laughs> Good answer. Namely because, namely because I know somebody that would absolutely murder me. Oh, I know two people who would absolutely murder you. Who? I know three. <laughs> 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 Joke's on you. I okay, know it doesn't. So tonight, we are discussing a subject so vile, so rancid. That those of you with weak constitutions may want to prepare yourself. Sit down. Do not drive while listening to this episode. Do not operate heavy machinery while listening to this episode. <sighs> Guys, Actually, we covered you know some tainty topics. Hold on. Stop. This one takes I, the cake. I'm, I'm going to say definitely operate heavy machinery and make sure to turn on a video. Make sure to be filming while you're operating heavy machinery <laughs> because you'll get a lot of likes for what's going to happen to you. That's as true. You we could make a career for you right now. You get your, you can probably get your 15 minutes. I mean, OSHA might be Courtesy upset, but when is safety of not the Black upset? Tower? Courtesy of the Black Tower. Never. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> what do you make but of to avoid? Oh, mostly bad decisions and OSHA violations. Pretty much, pretty much. But to help you be equipped as whether or not you are prepared for this bad decision or not, together. Yeah, we're going to give you a warning right now. Welcome to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. All right, let's check this one. Hmm. This podcast will likely be spoiling books one through. Oh, what's this? An envelope addressed to me. No name though. Let's see what's inside. Oh my. This podcast will likely spoil all the books in the series, and apparently being a Patreon will expose you to information that should be left unseen. Protect yourself by pulling that spoiler condom all the way on. And I need a drink. <laughs> That's way more of Andrew than I have ever wanted to see. Why would you <laughs> read it down there? <laughs> Again, as I always have to say after that particular one, if you have enough, why wouldn't you braid it down there? Jesus. Just seems like hygiene, yeah, and fashion. God, it's called fashion care. Nordic, the up. Nordic yeah. people understood this. Mm -hmm. You braid, I mean, if you it, comb, you brush, you braid. It's hygiene. If it's gonna stick out of the speedo anyway, you might as well make it stylish. Mm -hmm. There you go. There's any there's your foliage, imagery. Any foliage must be well groomed. Didn't didn't they do that in one of the scary movie <laughs> movies? Yes, that they did. It was horrid. I blocked it from my memory, but now it's back. Well, you're welcome for that. And imagery. now it's back from outer space. 
It just came in to find you with that sad look upon your face. <sighs> so, well, speaking of things that make you shiver and go, oh, what are we talking about today, Josh? Oh, my God, guys. This is going to push us to the brink. This is going to push us to the limit. Um, we've, we've, you know, dipped our toes in the, the taint. We've, we've dabbled a bit with the dealings of the dark one. We have woven a tapestry of words that are worthy of cringe numerous times. But tonight... We are going to just... Tonight takes the cake, okay? Tonight, we're talking... It's a background breakdown. And I think you guys know where this is going. We're going to talk about duck sauce. It, it's got to happen. We're talking about duck sauce. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about duck sauce. Or for the uninitiated on who duck sauce is, we are talking about Gowan Tracker. <laughs> Gowan oh, <laughs> Duck sauce packet boy. Extraordinaire. Oh, boy. First prince of the dumbass. Brother to a son of uh, the woman who got dicked down so good she had to go into hiding. Son of a bitch. Wait, what? No, he's not a son of a bitch. Mor Morghese is, is strict and firm, but she's not a bitch. I mean, okay. That's fair. Well, let, let's talk about kind of one of the cool things that that the story of Gawain, and because it doesn't really tell us anything about Gawain, it tells us more about Andor and the Lion Throne. Um, when we meet Gawain, and as Gawain's kind of talking uh, to Rand around Elaine and all that, uh, through Gawain's story, we find out that, uh, that Andor's Lion Throne uh, can only ever be held by a matriarch. So as a male child of the queen, he is 100% ineligible to sit on the ruling throne of Andor. Uh, and that that is, of course, going to be Elaine's uh, purpose as, um, what's her official title? First Princess of, of the Baths or something like that? <laughs> oh, daughter I'm telling heir. you, daughter they're heir. the same character. They're the same. Oh, God. No, they're not. This argument again. I will die on this hill. I'm sure you'll try. <laughs> I feel like they're, you know, those math equations that you had in like high school that they would have you like solve a problem, get an equation or get the answer, graph it, and it would be like, or just like go up yes. and then they have the other one go down and they'd be like, oh, you should see an X on your TI-83 over over expensive piece of junk fucking calculator that I hate it because I hate math. It's actually a really good calculator. I just hate math. I th that's that's going in Elaine. Elaine let is me, on the track me, up, yeah, but she, like goes up and then sta stagnates. Gawain just goes down plateaus. and is he like instead of hitting the plateau and be like, you know what? I think I'm enough of a fuckhead right here. He goes, hey, <laughs> hey Elaine. Uh, hold my beer. 
It just keeps going down. Hey, Elaine, look what I can do. <laughs> well, it's like a okay, bunch of plateaus with like sharp drops, I guess. So it's like Dolphin the inverse of like a good hot mon- heart monitor, I guess. I don't fucking know. Are the same character in book one. Okay. Now, obviously, they have wildly different story arcs. And eventually, Elaine is shown to be able to learn from mistakes and grow from them and be better for it. And Gawain seems to consistently choose the wrong choice. And he... Well, let's start from the beginning and let's walk through his story arc because... You know, we first meet him when Rand falls over the wall and Elaine and Garwin are like, oh, look, it's a peasant boy. <laughs> Let us talk to him. And they, they're kind of like, you know, talking to him, being like, hey, let's get y'all fixed up. And Rand's like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Galah snitches on him. They bring him before the queen. And like, Gawain is actually kind of a likable character in this instance. He's a bit of a snoot, but so is Elaine. But they're royal kids. Like, come on. And um, he is actually right there with us complaining about Galad. Being like, oh my god, Galad is the worst. And oh my god, Galad, I almost wonder. Just not just like once. <laughs> just like just seriously one once, time. Please. You just not. And, and uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, I almost want wonder if there's a portion of Gawain that admires Galad and that's why he makes the decisions that he does because he, in the moment he feels like he's making the right decision um, and he always views Galad because I, I believe he even says something about how Galad never has to worry about making a decision. He always knows the right thing and he does the right thing regardless of the situation. doesn't matter. Like He, he makes that point. Um, so I almost wonder if Gawain sort of, when he starts to feel lost or when he starts to feel uh, like he needs to figure something out, I think he takes some inspiration from his older stepbrother, Galad. I'm, I'm making a reach here, by the way. It's definitely a Galad. little WWGD. Galad. What would Galad do in this situation? That is what I need to figure out. Not what think, would Batman yeah. do, not what would Jesus do, definitely not what would Rand do, <laughs> but what would Garland do in this situation? It's interesting, oh, too, I mean, because Gawain ha- has an, an ordained, like, as of birth, purpose and role to fulfill in the Andorra royal court, you know, as the eldest right. male child to the queen. Uh, and now that the queen has a female heir to the throne, or, well, just an heir to the throne, because it can only be uh, a daughter, he now has a, a cemented place and purpose to exist within the royal court of Andor. Gallet, on the other hand, does not. Gallet only exists in the royal court simply by blood relation, uh, being the son of... Uh, Terengale? As far as we know, the only son, uh, I mean, obviously we find out later he's not the only son of Tigrain, uh, but it is the only son of Tigrain and Tarangale, uh, Damondred. Not Damondred, Damodred. 
Damage Red, yeah. Perrin, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That sounds like sounds like Ned something Flanders I've just got, missed got about caught, these books. Like, sounds like <laughs> Ned Flanders got caught like cussing, like, damn, oh, dread. Like really weird. Well, yeah. that you know what it reminds me of? It feels like uh it feels like it actually was Demandred, and he just slipped up once and was like, fuck. Um yeah, no, it's uh Terengale or it's it's Demandred. I mean, fuck. Terengale da- yeah. dam da- dread. <laughs> Tugly Moogly. No. Right. Yeah. Which is funny because this is where we get like obviously the where you get into the weird parts, and this is totally not on topic, but about how Rand is actually related to one of his wives and Galad and Galwin. Uh, because Galad, as the son of Tigraine and uh Terran Gale. Um, is related to Rand through Tigraine, and then since yep. uh, Galad and uh, not Galad, since Gawain and Elaine share the same father as Galad, they are also related to Rand. <laughs> yes, but they are through Tarengale. Yeah. And, and here's the best part. Here's the best part. Like there, but not directly between them. And Rand we all know and Moraine are like a step away, then it's okay. Yeah. And Rand and Moraine are like fourth cousins or something crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're both house. Well, it feels Drake. like feels like what was that science fair project that, that like there was a, a young girl in like middle school or something that did a history project tracking the lineage of presidents and found that like all but like five or something were related. Yep. Up I to believe, like Bush I, Jr. or something. I believe in a much more layman's term, it is called the uh the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You guys know what that is, right? We are fully aware. I think Andrew You just, just looked at me like there were, I couldn't tell can if that just, was judgment can we just or ignorance. The, can we just do the rest of this episode without Josh? I can't. I can't so the next time we see Gawain... <laughs> you see me? I'm talking about is, everything I can that like we've learned kind of through some semblance around Gawain without <laughs> right. actually without talking actually about Gawain. Because <laughs> if we actually talk about what Gawain contributes to the story, we do the intro, the outro, and be done. No, he so, does. No, 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 no. It, it, the it next like five time minutes. we see him, the next time we see him, he does have something very valuable to add. He does. All right. So the next time we his see him, royal bullshit that he gets to add. Oh, I'm going. I'm going a different direction with this. Oh, okay. Um, the so the next time we see him, he and Galad are training with oh, yeah. the warders at the white tower right as is tradition Wait, there are warders at the white tower only on days that end in y <laughs> i hate ice cubes so they're I, they're training I, okay. with one warders. just dumped into my cup and, and splashed me all right leave me alone ah, yes <laughs> glad is simply supreme with a blade he knows how to handle his blade and he and Gawain are constantly sparring each other um, and Gawain is getting really really good with a sword well because, because Gawain is Gawain knew the first rule of training sword fighting 
if you're the best sword fighter in the room, leave the room. But if you're the second best sword fighter in the room, keep training against the best sword fighter in the room. <laughs> and that's and that's exactly what they did. They kept training those two together because um, they know how important Gawain's mission is, which is to Jeez. protect the lane at all costs. And um, yeah, so they keep going up against a lot and. This is this is part of another reason why I think I'm wondering if he is, you know, admiring Galad a little bit. If he learns that some of that admiration, because bit. you get you see Galad just getting praise after praise after praise after everybody thinks he is the shit, and at some point in time, that's got to fuck with you mentally. Like, there's that there's that episode of My Name Is Earl. Uh, are you guys familiar with the show My Name Is Earl? He, he makes a list of all the people that he's wronged. He goes to right the wrongs because he wants to fix his bad karma and get back right. on the good karma. I grew up in South Carolina. And all right. A, my name is Earl. Yeah. was the story of my first, second, third, I, and fifth removed uh, uncle. Yes, we only count <laughs> five with four fingers. My name is Earl. My name is Earl. No, but I like there's my an episode uncle, where he like meets this guy. My second uncle, my third uncle. Who's a... <laughs> He meets a guy who's a complete tool and the guy is just a jerk to everyone. Um, he's a jerk to employees. And, you know, at one point in time, he's like, well, maybe karma did him dirty in another area, goes to the bathroom, peeps over the stall. The dude's well endowed and Earl just can't figure it out. Like why, why did bad karma give me such a raw deal, but he's such a jerk and he's got such a great life. It Why not remember this episode? Um, I, oh, dude, it's a good one. I gotta, I gotta. Look Which is really weird because as soon as you mentioned the bathroom thing, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that scene from that episode. <laughs> so, Gawain, Gawain has got to be thinking. Why the hell does everyone love him? He is a douche, and I hate him. Why does everybody love him? Maybe it's because he's better with the sword. So I'll train super hard with the sword. And my guess, spoiler alert, this is like theory. Spoiler alert. My guess. Two really big things that make Galad so popular are number one, he's extremely attractive. And number two, when you're actually training for a militant position, being a rule follower to a fault is actually a good thing a very via the yes, authority very that trait. is coming down from above you that's like follow all orders without question and never ask me any fucking <laughs> questions <laughs> so the fact that all that's, of the I mean that's think and that's a good point great, uh is because their eyes to die think that he's hot as fuck he picks up the sword like a motherfucker, and he doesn't question his order. Well, I mean, imagine how many, like, nobles or pseudo-nobles they've probably trained that are used to a life of, like, yeah. relative pampered luxury that come in with, like, well, yeah, they probably treat everybody else like, uh, like, oh, I just got into boot camp, you know, oh, they're, they're going to fuck with everybody, but not me, I'm of noble birth. And so the warders have like, to break to that mentality, first of all. Yeah, yeah. So the fucking it's the the fucking JRTC cadet that goes straight into basic training and thinks he knows everything. 
But Gallon, thank you like, for your future service. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> I've seen some shit in the halls of this high school. People running, people falling, people being late for class. You don't know what I've seen. But yeah, oh, um, shit. but Gallon isn't that way. Um, he's much more down to earth, which I think is definitely a byproduct of him not having a role in the royal court. So now, training to be a warder, yes. I might find a purpose that actually like does this. And I still have a claim to nobility, so you know it's my duty as a nobleman to do the right thing. <laughs> and he comes from he comes at nobility from a really good point. And I think Gawain has the inclination to do so at the beginning. But then life throws its first curveball at him. And instead of, you know, fucking taking the hit or dodging it and moving on to straight and narrow, he fucking chases the curveball off into left field. But it's not even left field. Like, it's outside of the entire ballpark. It's a cow pasture full of cow patties. And he's <laughs> tripping and falling face first into all of them. And occasionally finding a truffle or two that people enjoy. That's about it. Well, the yeah. sad part is that okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you Gawain's story right now, allegorically. Gawain is the that's what first I just said. <laughs> no, no, no. But Gawain is the first round draft pick who is on the baseball field because he's a legacy player. He gets thrown one curveball, hits it way out behind the field. Not in home run territory, but in foul ball territory. Goes and follows it down to the cow pasture. Falls face first in all of the cow pies. As you said, I'm completely in agreement. <laughs> but all the while, there is this wonderful, attractive, intelligent, awesome woman who is following him around this cow pasture going, Gowan, you, you know that you don't need to find this curveball. Or, or fall face first into all of these cowpies. And he goes, yeah, but the curveball was sent to me, or it was thrown at me by the Dragon Reborn. And she goes, no, but it wasn't, though. But that's the best part, is it wasn't. <laughs> it was actually thrown by someone else, and you should go back to the field and play the game that you're supposed to be playing. <laughs> and hearing and that, he ignores goes, all of it, and then switches over. And starts using the baseball bat like a golf club. Changes games entirely. Yes, 100%. I, he is the I Michael love, Jordan. And uh, somehow hits it further away from the ballpark still. <laughs> so I love, you know, you've got Gawain and Galad training. They're doing their thing. Gawain's getting his ass kicked daily. But he's doing better, just a little bit better every day. Um, and then one day they see the skinny kid walking around with a stick and they're like dude what are you who are you and he's like oh i'm matt dude don't you remember me and galad's like or they're like what oh my god and then they're like we should spar and matt's like sure why not let's do it that'll be great i could make some money to get out of here beats the hell out of them you and i and remember this awesome. situation very differently <laughs> well i'm paraphrasing well but i'm not going but even even paraphrasing, I remember it being all of the other warders went, hey, you guys should spar. And all three of them went, 
nah, we actually think that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, but then, finally, but then they got the topic down, of money Matt comes was up. Like, all right, fine. If there's money yeah. on the line, then I guess I'll fight you. Exactly. I think it was Galad who first said it. Yes, it was like I'll give you a, I'll give you an Andorran crown. Yes, because and then like Galad all the other a- warders were like. We're in on this action, bro. Let's do this. That is the one Matt sees quality. an opportunity to make that Galad has, which is overconfidence, <laughs> that he passes on to his little brother in spades. I swear, every time Galad hits it right Gawain with his sword, he just gives him a little bit more. <laughs> He's imbuing him with arrogance. <laughs> they and forgot to course, mention that. He was training with the Shania of arrogance. Plus yes. five to arrogance every time you hit someone. <laughs> That's a good so, weapon, yes, actually. That's a good fight, idea for D&D. Right? They have this fight. That's uh, a good weapon. Galad and Gawain do get beat. It's not a horrible beat, but it is not good. It's It definitely embarrasses them in front of everyone. And the Aes Sedai now really don't like Matt because they... Beat up, or he beat up their hero. Um, and Gawain's like, okay, hashtag respect. And Galad's like, fuck you right in the butthole, sheep herder. And then um, <laughs> Matt leaves. <laughs> and then almost immediately after this particular thing, because Matt has just left the city, um, there's a coup. And it's a bad one. It's a really bad coup. Um, not that all coups aren't bad, but this one's like particularly horrendous. And people get spilled and people get murdered because they're choosing sides and it is civil war in the tower. And in the throes of this, Gawain... And I definitely have, am of a mind that it's both the skills that he's gotten training with Galad, but also the fact that the that the trainer of the warders doesn't quite have his heart in it and can't bring himself to just murder Gawain. So he's fighting with a bit of a hand tied behind his back. Gawain just straight up mercs the dude. Earns himself a blade master role for it because he is a blade master and Gawain kills him. By the the virtue, yeah. And then he takes over as leader of the warders. Well, the two warders he kills is uh, Colin and Hamar. Yes. And And Colin is is one of the people that have been trying to train. Yeah. And Hamar is yeah. literally the guy that made him made him and Galad fight Matt. Mm-hmm. Just to teach right. them a lesson about, about combat. Because, you know, he goes into the, the story of how the greatest blade master in all of history was felled by a farmer with a quarterstaff. That's right. So. Yep. Because he got cocky. And that's yeah. that's that's one of the and that's one of the hardest lessons to which I mean, when you look at it from a from a training perspective, one of the hardest lessons to teach in the classroom is, is you know, yeah, you're great. Your sword is fast. Your strikes are precise, but it could be better. No, what are you talking about? I'm great. Here I am going toe to toe with the best swordsman anyone's ever seen, and yeah, I'm losing, but I'm going toe to toe with him. Like 
What more could you teach me? And Matt serves as this really great, uh, you know, uh, like a humbling block where it's like, just because you're good doesn't mean you're the best, first of all. And secondly, just because you're good at fighting someone with a sword doesn't mean you're not going to fight someone with other weapons. Well, and that was actually you need my... to be mindful of this. That was actually my favorite part of the story because there are sort of two things that happen in that fight. And that's number one is I know that no one else technically knows it, but I feel like Galad and Gawain feel it in the fight because you get to know someone very well when you fight them or when you fuck them. Those are the two ways that you like really <laughs> get to know a person. Um, and there is something very, very special about Matt. We know this as readers because not only is he Taviran, but the nature of his Taviran is yes. very special. And when Gawain and Galad fight him, they're not fighting a swordsman at all because he's not wielding a sword but they're not just fighting not a right. swordsman they're not fighting a human like they are but they're not right and suddenly right. it's that idea of again a plan is only as good as the first stroke falling and while matt is technically following the rules of a duel He's not following the rules of a duel. And when you're out on a battlefield, nobody's fucking following the rules of a duel. <laughs> so if you come up on a person exactly. who's as good as you are with a different weapon that you don't know as well, and they're throwing you sand know, in your face, you got to be able to improvise, adapt, and overcome like a motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's also you know a what, lesson in what absolute. Yes, 100%. Because they offer him a, they offer Matt a training sword, and he grabs a quarter step and says, oh no, this will do. And they scoff at him. They're like, oh, such a primitive, yes. lowbrow weapon. There's no way it could take me out. It's, and then it this, does. This is not a weapon of nobles. Like, I, I don't know how many people have spent time around weapons, and I'm not saying that I have. But thankfully, right. through D&D, &D, I have been able to think about it quite a lot on the logistics of a sword <laughs> fighter fighting somebody with a quarterstaff. And the advantage right. the quarterstaff has just purely on reach and mobility, because you can grab it anywhere, spin it around anywhere, and gain tremendous momentum with it, is absolutely ludicrous. Yes. And then later in the series, they're like, hey, yeah, that was really cool and all, and we're going to give you a sharp, pointy bit on the end of it, yep. and you could do this all again. <laughs> yep. Um, well, also, and, in that fight, it's very, And it's very a third-age portal gun. I really... really <laughs> I really, really want uh, the scene that this happens in the show to just have Matt go over and pick up the quarterstaff, but have it be small, like have it be like in his hand. And then he just walks over and one side comes out and then the other side comes out and you just see, da -da. you bastard. No, they get the surprised no. filter too. One of the one of the things I will say that I like. Yes, oh my god, that's I still laugh at that. You know, that's how they that's how they should reveal the Donald uh, the Donald map. Oh, there it's, you it's go. Like hood up goes through this whole fight, and then once they're all like on their ass, Gallon and Gawain both look up and they're like, "Who exactly are you?" And he throws back the hat, the the hood, and he's like, "Matt Cawthon." Matt Cawthon. No, wait, wait, Cawthon. 
Matt Coffin. <laughs> and then he sips his martini and skates off. No, um, it's interesting you guys talk about like what Matt would definitely on his heelys. He would definitely he would definitely scuttle away like Zoidberg. All right, Matt. Oh my God, Matt wears heelys. <laughs> Matt wears heelys. I would totally be okay with Matt wearing heelys if he doesn't go ahead and do the 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 hood. He actually just has a pair of sunglasses on his head, and they go, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Cawthon, Matt Cawthon." No, no, no. Doesn't use his fingers. He goes, "Chunk, chunk." <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like what we're talking about when it, you know it's talks about you know who's following the rules because uh, anybody who's done anything with like you know martial arts any kind of study with martial arts particularly when it comes to like jujitsu and judo and the the things where you're throwing and falling and being thrown jitsu anybody who knows. <laughs> how to behave in a classroom they know that you in a classroom behave very differently than you would on the street like that's just how it is yes definitely when oh yeah in the classroom all fist fight on the street is a very different when, story in a, when you throw someone in a classroom they're going to be rolling with you or or flipping with you so that well, they a, don't get again. their wrist broke yeah no and exactly b it like it like actually helps you learn to perform the maneuver properly. Mm-hmm. So when Matt comes out and he's, he's like just a complete and total wild card, he doesn't know the rules of the training yard. They're like, okay, we're doing the rules of the training yard, and they learn very quickly. Oh, this is a street fight. Yep. And they neither one of them have the ability to really go. Okay, street fight rules. Now we're going to. They just keep. Doing always worked for them in the past, Hadouken. and it doesn't work for them this time. And that's the lesson that is taught to them, and it's just it, it's a valuable one. And I think I think that is another piece of what molded Gawain into his future overconfidence is that he looks at the situation and learns oh this is how it is and yeah it's it gets it gets real dicey from there but yeah let's he's a hand yeah we're gonna let's uh, let's push forward into uh into galwin's legacy of fuckery yeah um which thankfully (laughs) is not that long because he kind of just keeps showing up basically at exactly the same place that he was so for many books his legacy of fuckery just looks a lot very similar yeah, so um, you could potentially overlook his first decision to side with the Elida Tower during the coup and killing Kulan and Hamara because, you know, the, maybe he doesn't know. You know, ignorance is bliss. He's just trying to follow the rules and do what he's been told from day one he should be doing, protecting the Aes Sedai and the Tower and fighting off who he sees as rebels and who he's probably been taught by his his mother and his mother's court over and over again that rebels, you know, the rebellion has to be squashed for effective rule. The rebellion must be quashed. <laughs> but he has so much time to see the that's not exactly what happened. You know, even even the the warders and everybody find out that there's some shenaniganry, some severe shenaniganry. 
around the disposition of Suan and Leon. 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 Right. Um, deposition. Yeah. What did I say? Disposition. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's okay, I guess. It yeah. works. They were deposed. That's an also an accurate statement, though. I mean, you're not wrong. That is that is correct. <laughs> well, anyway. and he himself says quite a number of times in the story, like, they keep on sending me to die. They don't like me. They don't actually want me here. And they keep on, like, trying to get me and my younglings killed. And the and only reason wrong. we're still alive is because we're really good at what we do. And you're like, bro, leave. What the actual fuck are you yeah. doing here still? Well, the, the first, the very first, out. the very first task that Elida sends Gawain and his younglings on is to accompany and protect Aes Sedai to make an alliance with the Shido Ayo. Yep. Um, uh, obviously to the end goal of capturing the dragon, capturing Ran. And it is during again, this meeting. Yet, but also, yeah. So it's, right. it's during his meet, the meeting between the Aes Sedai and the Shido Ayo that Gawain is first being, is first told about Andor being taken by the dragon and it's portrayed as this very harsh this very crude battle and he comes away not knowing but simply believing that rand as the dragon has killed his mom has killed queen morgaze because he's so confident that his mom would never surrender the throne even to the dragon reborn that the only way that she could have been removed would have been to have been killed by her death yeah and yeah, the Aes um, Sedai knew what they were doing. Yeah, like they 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 purposely manipulated him, and he stuck around because he still thinks for some reason that they're going to give Elaine back to him. Like, and that's the only yeah. reason they kept him around. <clears throat> so Holy he shit. goes off of this. Gawain is six five. Oh, he's a tall boy. Tall boy. According to the wiki, he is six. Fucking five. Since Holy shit, what are you, six when? five? I didn't know they stack shit that high. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, he goes continue. through this meeting. I just saw that and I was like, Holy So he goes through this and this starts a, a legacy of dialogue and statements that is almost as annoying as Failgate. It's only less annoying because you see it a little bit less in the books. But from this point forward, Gawain is dead set and determined to make Rand the dragon dead as retribution. Fuck the prophecy. Fuck that he's supposed to probably save the world. Fuck that he's best friends with my boo thing. Fuck that he is uh, the lover of my sister who I'm supposed to be protecting, but it's no longer convenient for me. So fuck that duty. Yep. Fuck all of that. Yep. I just want to kill Rand. I want to kill Rand. And it doesn't matter who tells him that Rand didn't kill his mom. Uh, because the next time we see him is Which in is Kyrian. everybody eventually. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next time we see him is in Kyrian. Uh, and he links up with Egwene again. They do this whole yeah. love links confessional up. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole love confessional where he does this like super fucking creepy thing of just appearing in the road beside her and walking with her. And yeah. just sitting there like... <laughs> Bra, like the fucking flag. chill out, Ted Bundy. Holy fuck. Yep. But no, he just this is how they do, and then they confess their love, and then Egwene leaves to you know do good things. 
And Gollum's like, I'm going to do good things too. Like escort the Aes Sedai that captured Rand <laughs> all the way to Demise Wells. He should have done Demise Wells. And then he talks about how much of a struggle it is to stay out of the Aes Sedai business and let them handle Rand whenever all he's got to do is go over and just like stab the box. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry that you're not good at stabbing the box, but everybody has their failings. <laughs> we um, all got our flaws and weaknesses. Yeah. So he, he gets his first like real serious loss as any kind of militaristic style leader at Dumais Wells. Mm-hmm. This is his first really unsuccessful mission. And it just drives him to hate Rand even more. He doesn't blame the Aes Sedai. He's so focused on his hatred of Rand that he doesn't look at how he might be on the wrong side of history, not even history, the now, that he's just like, you know what? Because his people showed up and we lost the battle and all these Aes Sedai and younglings under my charge died, he needs to die all the more. And it's only, it's then he basically says that it's only because of his love for Egwene and how Egwene cares for Rand that he's not going to raise a hand against Rand but then tries to do the most like bro Chad move and looks at Rand is like, I will see you dead, Rand Althor. And at this point, Rand's, Rand's like, like I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna die <laughs> anyway. You took like, everything from me. I don't, I don't even, even know, know who you are. are. <laughs> he's like, Rand at this point is just like, Yes, I'm going to die. That's what being the dragon reborn means because that's what dragons do. Yeah. Um, that's that's my you know, secret I, cap. I, I die and I know things. I gotta Wait, say, what? I gotta say, this is this conversation is harmful to my mental health because I'm actually kind of going, mm. wow, you know, he he actually has a very sophisticated set of blinders on right now, mm-hmm. which is giving him a very bad case of tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he's wearing so VR goggles close. right now. Yeah, he is so close to the situation. He is unable to make a healthy situation. It's not that he's actively making bad decisions because he's well-informed and he goes, oh, I just think I do a stupid thing. Once again, we, we've talked about the series and how Robert Jordan is a master of perspective. And if we put ourselves in... In... in Say boots, it. If we put ourselves in his boy. boots... You know, here's here's my thinking. This woman says to me, she will give, she will make sure that I have Elaine returned to me. She's Aes Sedai. She cannot lie. My first responsibility is to Elaine. Therefore, I must stay with this woman in order for her to keep good on her promise to give me back my sister so that I may fulfill my duties as her first sword. So then he has to be her errand boy now he has to serve her perform tasks whatnot he says straight up they're trying to kill us but we're too damn good at what we do at demise wells i think shit goes real fucky for him because that's i think it's at that point that he learns first off that elaine isn't in the tower and so he's kind of like oh this sucks he learns that andor has come under the rule of one of the forsaken well Lord Gabriel, they don't know he's a Forsaken at the moment. And that the rumor is running rampant that the Dragon Reborn has killed his mother. 
So now he has this woman who's promised to give him back his sister. Service to her is all that much more important because now Elaine is the queen, the rightful queen. And now shit just got desperate. So now he has to take matters into his own hands because he realizes that an Isodice did say, but she didn't say when. And then what else does he see? Men who can channel showing up to save the Dragon Reborn. So not only did the Dragon Reborn kill his mother, but the Dragon Reborn is amassing men who can channel. Not only is he going to kill his country, he's going to kill the world again. And God, I got to say, when I start looking at it from his perspective, I probably would have done the same goddamn thing. Yeah. But you got to have those massive blinders on. Yeah. Edit that out, Andrew. Edit that out. Don't. (laughs) I'm I'm leaving it. You're going to have to live with that on the internet for the rest of your life. (laughs) Well, and here's one of the things that I actually think is interesting about Gawain's story is the idea that as he goes further and further down the road, Josh makes a good point that it does get harder to turn around at every every instance of making the choice to stay. Um, and we already know that Gawain does have a certain amount of, oh, you think I can't do this? Okay, great. Hold my beer. And so every time yeah. that the Aes Sedai actually put him and his men in danger and they come out unscathed or yeah. with minimal losses, he does definitely have that resurgence of arrogance, that resurgence of, see, hold my beer fucking works. Like, and so there is definitely that part. And again, I do see very much the, the Aes Sedai that I am following are the antithesis of Randall Thor. Um, The Aes Sedai that Mabu Thang is leading is thinking that they're going to ally themselves with Randall Thor. If I am actually hell bent on Randall Thor's destruction and saving the world from the dragon reborn, and one set of people is saying, Oh, yeah, no, we're super into that, we're gonna make sure that he doesn't go ahead and kill everyone at Tarman Gaiden, and the other set is going. We don't actually have any fucking idea what's going to happen to Tarman Gaiden, but that guy's <laughs> got to be there. Uh, and maybe we should let him do something. I didn't think I'd make it this far. Tarman Gaiden? Uh, definitely, it is more appealing when you hate someone's guts to see them in a prison in the safest place on Earth until they have to go ahead and fulfill their duty as the chosen one. Uh, than to have them run around rampant, being able to do all kinds of things, including kill other people's mothers. Um, now, again, I think that he is horrendously misinformed at the beginning and doubles yes. down on his misinformation over and over and over again, which I cannot agree with, which is one of the reasons, right. again, sort of universally... Uh, just because we feel like we can understand certain aspects of Gawain, and we can't. He's a well-written character in terms of what he brings to the story. But no, all of them combined is just too much. It makes a character that I cannot actually see myself walking a mile in their shoes because I'd get a quarter mile into it and go, 
why am I not wearing shoes anymore and walking on broken glass? This doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I mean, and let's look at what it ultimately takes for Gollum to realize, hey, maybe, just maybe, I made a bad decision. So I after I made bad yeah. fucky wucky. Yeah, and Elida tried to make me sleep in the forever box because that is what he comes to when when he leaves Dumai's Wells and is like, uh uh, uh we'll just go back to the tower, I guess. He goes back with what <laughs> remains of the younglings, gets to the tower, and is stopped by the Tarvalin guards. And told uh-huh. that under strict yeah. orders of the Omerlin, they are not allowed inside the walls of Tarvalon. And he just kind of goes, but why though? And <laughs> they're just what? like, because she said so. And he's like, but, but why? why though? And they're like, because <laughs> she said so. Now Dude, go do something saying? useful. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, well, we can't really... His, his next thought is, okay, well... Well, maybe now's a chance to go back to Andor and see what's going on in Camelon and maybe, you know, restore the throne and do that. But he can't because of the winter. And there's, you know, this little, yep. little, little thing called um, the entire fucking rebel army that is actively at this point laying siege to the White Just Tower. pops out of nowhere yep. in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And Gawain, <laughs> while he's thinking about, did I make the right or wrong decision, doesn't sit there and keep moving his younglings around to avoid combat and stay safe, because obviously neither side wants him or his or his group. He's like, well, we'll just continue with the prescribed thing. You know, the, the, the lady that said we're not allowed in the house, so we got to stay outside like outside dogs. But we're going to keep working for her. And they run guerrilla raids on the rebel army under the command of Gareth Bren. Yep. For Led by his previous mentor. Yeah. Yep. And eventually, Gawain sits down and for one of the first times in his life, thinks hard about the shitstorm that has been his life since coming to the tower and goes, huh, it really seems like Elida meant for me to die at Dumai's well. Huh. Or any of the other missions that she's <laughs> yeah. <sent me> on. <laughs> and he finally takes hold of this idea and is like, ah, this has got to be this. And he's like, well, I can't send my younglings against the armies of Gareth Bryn because they're going to inevitably die. Because Gareth Bryn is the shit. But I also can't make them traitors. And eventually he spars with uh, Sleet and Marlesh and learns that Egwene has been captured in the White Tower. And of course, for Gawain, this is the straw that breaks the first Prince of the Swords back. Yep. And he abandons the younglings, tells them to continue to follow Elida uh, because he is convinced that Elida is going to execute Egwene. And so he goes to the Rebel, uh, Rebel Tower, not because he thinks they're right, not because he thinks Elida is wrong, not because, you know, Elida tried to get him killed several times. But because he thinks that Gareth Bran and Suan and the rest of the rebel Aes Sedai and military are the only chance at saving Egwene. Fuck what's right. Fuck all this. I'm, I don't idolize my brother anymore. I don't give a shit. Let's save Egwene. And Gareth Bran even like berates him a little bit and reprimands him. 
and says, your duty is to Elaine. Now you've gathered these men under your banner and you're just going to abandon them. And he's like, oh, I can't lead them to death. I can't make them into traitors. And Gareth Brain is like, buddy, the second you took charge, that blood is on your hands. It does not matter what happens. When they agreed to follow you and you agreed to leave them, you took a responsibility for those men. Welcome and, to being and a like, goddamn adult, Gawain. <laughs> Maybe you should try and I it love, sometime. And I love how Gawain's like, oh, well, fine. Jeez. <laughs> like he, he just kind of shrugs it off. He's kind of like, well, okay, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he, but he, finally, uh, he ends up. Go ahead. I was going to say, finally, after being berated by Gareth Brand about uh, abandoning his charges, abandoning his men, uh, which Gareth Brand, of course, is like, I never, never taught you to abandon what you were accountable for. Uh, he finds out the only reason. Like, Shut up, you're not my real dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are you? They finally talk about. Um, <laughs> Gareth, Bryn, and Suan tell him that they're under strict orders from Egwene not to come and try to rescue her from the White Tower. But she's doing fine, and she's actually doing really well from the inside. Um, and then he finally talks to Gareth. sit down ever because of the buttocks, but also she's doing real well. <laughs> um, and that's whenever Gawain finally learns about Lord Jabril. And all the fuckery there. And he's like, but Rand definitely killed my mom. And Gareth looks at him like he has 69 heads and is like, all right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where the fuck did you get that idea? Like, <laughs> boy, there's something not right with that boy. Suan. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, of, of course. Of course, of course not. Um, and then, like, to try to, like, show, like, his fealty to the rebels, he leads Bryn to uh, Shamirin, who is, of course, an Aes was an Aes Sedai, technically, depending on your viewpoint, is or isn't, that was demoted to accept it by Elida and um, was hiding and amongst the watching. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she has, the, she has the longest combined training of any other Aes Sedai, except for Daigon. Yep. Uh, but I thought, if I remember correctly, that she goes to the Rebel Tower initially as a spy mm -hmm. yeah. to try to, like, redeem herself. Yeah. So she does initially kind of come as a, as a spy, but then uh, under questioning by the Rebel Aes Sedai, she discloses how she got out of the White Tower to come out and do all of this with the storm drain tunnel, um, which then leads the route for uh, Gawain and Gareth, Bren, and Suan, and a bunch of the rebel eyes to die, and a, a small contingent of their military force to then uh, enter Tarvalon and into the White Tower during the Sean Chan raid on the tower. Is that the name of uh, Brandon Sanderson's next book series? He's got the Stormlight Archive and then the Storm Drain Tunnel. Could be. Could be. Logically makes sense. <laughs> I so I, I actually kind of like this particular point in the story because this 
is actually where um, this is where Gawain, like you said, this is where he starts to get kind of self-reflective. And as the reader, we're looking at this going, oh, please, please. Top 10 anime redemption arc? The redemption arc. The <laughs> beginning of the redemption arc. We always want a good redemption. Um, Egwene says, bro, you've got that booty, and I like it, and you surely are a cutie. And Gawain's like, I love you, Egwene! I love you, Egwene! And she's like, oh my god, bro, stop being so extra. No, she's definitely um, like, oh, through- tell me again. Yeah, don't tell me what that but, but don't stop. But stop. But don't stop. <laughs> um Stay with your chest. And she's 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 the Amrilin at this point in time. She agrees to accept him as her warder, but straight up says, You will be my warder. Like mm-hmm. that means you do what I tell you to. And so he's like, oh, yeah, sure, absolutely, absolutely, as all young men do when trying to impress a lady, okay? Well, I'm also, not going to fault, oh, that, that gonna was a, fault Ducks. That was quite a while one. later. There's a, there's a little bit that but happens. That, in, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately where it goes. I mean, that's, ultimate, that's where I was going with it. Is there something of note between those events? At least um, with Gawain. <laughs> I mean, it's not really I'm of using note, but of it's note loosely because it's Gawain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's stuff that happens like from that point forward. Gawain, like, and this really starts like some of the more significant trends of his of his fuck ups. I mean, everything else was already significant, uh, but you can claim misinformation, you can claim ignorance, you can claim he was swayed by the wrong side, whatever. Moving forward, there is no amount of excuse for the fuckery that happens with Gawain. Correct, because right, right. he, but he's, he's now playing dis- with a full deck. Yeah, eh. because now he decides he's going to stick eh. so stick to a <laughs> like flies on stink on shit. Will not leave her side, and Egwene just practices this whole thing of just ignoring him. Like, bruh, you're doing way too much. Chill the fuck out. And you, you finally, are so extra. Finally, they get into this argument. Gawain shows up. They had a trap for an assassin in the White Tower, and Gawain completely fucks it up for everybody else. And Gawain finally decides that he's going to move from his super clingy, like, tonight will be the night I will fall for you, secondhand serenade face, <laughs> into his full-on My Chemical Romance face. They and don't he just like, clean up your looks with all the lies uh, in the books to make a first prince out of you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what he tries to do. He leaves and goes, says, you know what, Egwene, I love you more than anything, but I'm going to go check on my sister, and fucks off to Camelin, uh to visit Elaine. It's there cool. that he learns about she- Sean Chan blood knives from a former Soldom. Go ahead. I was just going to say, no, no, but you're right, you're right, you're right. I was going to say something out of order. Keep going. I'll shut up. Um, It's there that... For some reason, it becomes important that Gawain finds out about Teleron Riyadh and that that meant that Egwene was vulnerable to assassination attempts, which literally just gives him a purpose to return to Tarvalon. Um, but he does show up just in time to do one of, like, maybe two redeeming things he does in the entire series, and he does thwart an assassination attempt by three uh, Sean Chan blood knives, yep. uh, nearly dying in the process. Yep. And Egwene wakes up 
And uh, I mean, they were already in love, but there was already this like weird high school style argument of you're too clingy. I don't like you. Oh, you don't like me. I'm going to leave. And then you come back just in the nick of time. It's it's like every cliche romantic, like confession moment in every fucking series ever. And Egwene finally says, okay. Saying. I was just going to say, Egwene keeps telling him, you are my warder. I have accepted you as my warder. And until you treat me like the Amerlin and obey my word absolutely, that's all this is going to be. She, she, she's like laying down the law very, very strictly with him because she's trying very hard to win the respect of everybody around. Well, that's what's about to happen so now. So even though Gawain... Yeah, well, but, but because he's what, he's not her warder until been... after he saves her. Oh, that's right. Well, and okay, it's, so it's whenever she wakes is, up and sees the three he's, dead, he's, like Sean Chan proving knives. himself. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's trying to. He's proving himself. Yeah, trying yeah. to. Well, it's because she wakes up and she's like, "Oh shit, you actually did something that helped me by keeping me alive. I'll make you my warder." And just to taint, uh, and she agrees to marry him. Uh, which, spoiler alert, never actually comes to fruition, uh, thankfully. But, uh, by all means, be happy, but uh, these mother- uh, fucking Gawain. Not these motherfuckers, just that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but to immediately taint the kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, maybe, maybe now with her as his Aes Sedai, with being the warder to the Omerlin, it'll knock some semblance of sense into his head. And he immediately goes, ooh, Shiny rings, yoink, and throws them in his pocket. And every no everybody way. that kind of saw what was going to happen was kind of like, <sighs> you had one chance, one opportunity in this lifetime, and you, you just blew let it. it slip. <laughs> yeah. No, and and honestly, I get it. I do in terms of the. He is now extremely jaded on the White Tower, and he is extremely jaded on the Amarillin seat, and he is extremely wary of everything Aes Sedai, because up until this point, the experience that he's had with Aes Sedai are, they're lying sacks of shit who try to get me and my charges killed. Um, However, the fact that he follows Elida with such little resistance and then a good Amerlin seat steps into the, like steps up to the plate. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> you're, you're a dumbass." is like Gawain. I will kill you myself. Like I will come into the pages and murder you myself before you can get water bonded to a Cause fuck you so hard in the butthole right now. Like I hate <laughs> Much. Yeah, that, that yes, that is that is that is an excellent point there. Yeah. So anyway. um, so from here, uh, after Egwene <laughs> is like, hey, you know, the last battle is coming. We need to we need to go and deal with this. Um. He goes with Egwene uh, and move with when she moves all of Tarvalon's forces to the field of Marilor. Um, and finally, 
finally, Gawain no longer has to live a life of hatred off of hearsay. I don't know why I went full Italian hand with this. But he Come looks on, across the field. Does the guy would have to live a life of a, <laughs> of a heresy? <laughs> he looks across the field of Marilor, and who does he see but the very healthy, the very happy, the visage of his mother, and the mama. former Queen Morgaze. Mama. Mama. I see his mama. mama right across anyway. And mama, they said you were dead, what? but I can see you with my own eyes. You they are said, alive. They said you were killed by the dragon. Why do I want to watch Master Disguise again now? <laughs> <laughs> the mama and the papa. Uh, um, I love how even she looks at him and she's like, I mean, like, it's good to see you, but really? You, she basically looks at him and is like, you, you really that? think that... The dragon reborn could kill me. Like where? How, where? Where is your sister? Aren't you supposed me. to be watching Fuck. your sister? <laughs> you did not come from my loins, did? Like, there's no <laughs> fucking way. I was there, and I don't believe it. Um, but uh, Rand has uh, Gawain signed the dragon's piece as well, just in case he rises to a position of leadership. He's like, you're so <laughs> fucking dumb that just in case, by some stroke of Darwinism failing out a thousand times in a row, you become a leader of something, you're just signing in this. in case you fail up I mean, hard enough Darwin to has failed out that her. many times Oh, wait, I was wrong. They do get married. By mere virtue... Oh, well, there you go. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, I heard you the fact that... Oh, anyway, it's, it's a really simple, quick ceremony done by a Sylvania Burion. Yep. Um, and that's when Gannon, of course, uh, the former Sean Chan uh, agrees or swears an oath to serve Egwene, and Egwene is still just like, eh. Yeah, you swore an oath, but I you're mean, Sean Chan, so it doesn't mean shit until you I know mean, she comes thanks. in. Is that, she comes that in a, clutch, kind of. Was that Irish Egwene for a moment? Eh. You're still Sean. You're, 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 <laughs> you're still Sean Chan. You're still Sean Chan. So you're still really... from Sean Chan. I don't know what to. I don't. Know it's just an oath to fuck. Until I see you, <laughs> until I see you drink an entire pint of Guinness and take two shots of Jameson with me, I'm not going to believe a thing you say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gawain starts getting. Uh, he gets antsy about just. He's like. This whole time, he's been stuck up Egwene's ass, and not even in the enjoyable way. Justin never, like, it's like a hemorrhoid, essentially, at this point. And then, now that he sees all these people fighting, he starts to get that, that fucking warrior's itch, and he's like, ah, just sitting around doing nothing, protecting the woman I love and just marrying yep. this bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's mad. Um, cuts down a few trollocs that managed to get trenches. through. Yeah. Uh, cuts down a few Trollocs. Still wants to fight. It's, it's, he's like analyzing. I don't know why it says analyzing the blood knife Charon Girl. He's just staring at the shiny ring, wondering what it really means. And he's like, when is the right time? Uh, but that's when uh, Leo Wynn comes in and is like, yeah, um, don't let it touch your blood because that will activate it. And when it does, you're going to die. And she's like kind of about to say, like, and you know who you're bonded to, and he just kind of, like, says, ah, oh, I got things to do. Like, the, the one yeah. final voice is then we're like, you know what that's gonna do to the, to your <laughs> wife? 
Like, well, and okay, this is simultaneously the greatest and worst thing that Gawain does because yes, it's horrifying because he knows what he's doing is bad and that it's going to get more than just him hurt and he's going yes. to harm someone else irreparably even if he does actually fulfill what he's trying to do. Um However, it has two amazing side effects. Number one is we don't have to deal with Gawain in the Fourth Age. <laughs> Throw yourself in and rid us of your stupidity! Dead. And then number two is that in the throes of madness, if you will, that overtake Egwene as she feels Gawain die... She goes Super Saiyan 12, rediscovers yes. a weave that has never been done except for, like, one other time, yeah. incinerates the fuck out of an entire group of channelers who are actually kind of kicking ass, and then turns into Solid Crystal because she's like, I'm a queen bitch, Wait. and then... Yeah. Well, I like the I blood that was later on. I, I, I thought I thought in order to prevent her from going into the throes of despair, Egyanin and Bale Doman bond to her to become new warders. Well, she ba she, she bonds again, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think she bonds. Yeah, she doesn't. It's like bond. it's like taking aspirin for oh, a migraine. Right. It it dulls yes. it. Exactly. But it, it doesn't actually, actually like fully save her. Yeah, and it might have actually saved her life, maybe. Yes. Had she not actually decided that this was a better use of her life. Uh, right. But it definitely still would have been a horrible certain oh. amount of time afterwards, even Absolutely. with this. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, she's in the perfect position because she's the same one. Uh, we used her, her other name, or I used her other name earlier, but it is Eganon that's like... Lawin. Yeah, that sees Gawain. Lawin, Eganon, they're the same person. Uh, Sean Chan loved to change names every time, like, they graduate second grade or some shit. Um, <laughs> he is moving and from the first grade so, into the second grade. It's a psychotic! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it works um, for her, because she sees Gawain... Uh, with the it's, blood knife rings, knows what's going to happen if if he uses them. So whenever they find out that he did use them, that's essentially when Eganon is like, "Oh, we gotta go." Aspirin, aspirin, yeah, aspirin to the Umberland <laughs> um, Sea. Well, right, and she's down. and that's she's that's whatever she does to prove herself as well. She's trying to prove, yeah. prove herself. Well, she herself. swore an oath, and she she kind of demonstrates like. The the Sean Chan do take their oaths incredibly seriously. Yes. Um, yes. So and she demonstrates that by being like, I really "Yeah, I know, that. mother. I know you're probably going to die doing whatever you're doing. Still <laughs> bond me so that you can, you know, whatever." Because of course, initially, yes. Egwene is like completely offended. Like, you want me to bond somebody else? My husband just died, and again, it's like, yes. "Yeah, but how about the fate of the world over the fate of your <laughs> hey, single daughter?" Yeah. Um and there's this weird high or I say weird, there's a whole hiding scene that happens 
after this because um, there's a massive like Gawain sitting there like looking out across the sea of fuckery and is like all these Trollocs keep attacking the Aes Sedai and they're massively losing this fight in numbers and the Aes Sedai are holding their own why does the Trollocs keep doing this and about the time he realizes oh distraction this is playbook 101 a massive Sauron army is gateway or travels into the midst of the Aes Sedai camp routes the Aes Sedai um, Gawain and Egwene hide. Come to find out, uh, someone else that we know fairly well, Leanne Sharif, is hiding as well. Um, and we find that out whenever Gawain and Egwene try to slip away. Uh, Leanne Sharif is detected. Um, and detected. So they keep doing <laughs> this. Uh, so Gawain tells Egwene to stay hidden while he scouts ahead, and it's during this move when he activates one of the blood knife Terangriol. Yeah. And he notices that he can move faster with the ring on. And he gets too far ahead of Egwene, feels her panic when she's captured, comes racing back to her. But it's Ganon who saves uh, Egwene. Uh, Gawain continues to because scout. Because she takes her oath seriously. Mm. Weird. Um, yeah. Um, he manages to defeat a dozen Saurans by himself with the blood knife ring, and they manage to sneak out of the camp and skim back to the tower. And it's uh, later, he gets too impatient, puts on the remaining two, um, Tongo or Dawning, yeah, the remaining two is like, I'm gonna go do something, fight Demondred, uh, confronts him, and was like, Oh, I don't recognize any of your forms. And Gaum was like, Oh, shit. Even with three blood knife Chiangriol, I I can't even go toe-to-toe with you. And then Demandra's like, this is boring. Let's stab. I, I love well, how Demandra and... makes fun of him first, though. Yeah. He's like, you 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 know what those do and you put them on? Dumbass. Well, and again, he's even playing with him because in the scene, Gowan's already dead. Demandra yeah. just ends his suffering because his blood has touched the rings. Doesn't Demandra basically say that? him like three times in the yeah. fight and his his blood touches the rings and... <laughs> Isn't that essentially what Demandra says? He's like, there's almost no point in fighting you. You're already <laughs> yeah. dead. No, and, and Demandra is is almost like... So, so this is the point where... Okay. So people go ahead. Show and- me your skill, and I may grant you mercy. Yes. So this is the point where everybody gives Galad a lot of credit for coming into the fight and Demandred going, "Oh shit, okay, you're actually really good at this. You, I'm better. You than might you. have a little bit of right. Skill. I'm better than you, so I'm not actually afraid of you. But like, if I wasn't who I am, I'd be frightened." Gawain, Think about what I that means. Like he does a little bit do that as well with his comment. I mean, it's way more condescending, and it's, it's like, "Oh, you're better like, than I thought, but you're still nothing." No, exactly. It's the he cuts him a couple of times. His blood touches the rings. Demandred knows what that means. He goes, "Buddy, why are you still fighting? Like you're already done." And then Gawain is yeah. basically like because I need to take you out. And Demandred is like, okay, I actually respect your drive to try and do that. Again, never gonna yeah. fucking happen because you're already dead. But you know what? With that comment, 
with your continuing to try and kill me, I respect you enough to just end this and not have you suffer through a yeah. horrible blood. Yeah, I mean, and look, let's not. So this is one of the few times I'm, I'm going to say let's let's not scoff at what this means. Starting off with Gawain. Because Gawain already had the skill. He had the training with Goliath. He had the training where he was still losing, but was still holding his own to a small, to a relatively fair degree against Goliath in the training grounds. Mm-hmm. And then took down not one, but two blade masters, becoming a legitimate blade master himself. Yep. And then leading the right. younglings through suicide missions where they should have died, greatly increasing his skill and training in the boss. Gawain for as much as he does terribly, is definitely a very, very good swordsman. And now he's bolstered by the benefits of three blood knife Terangriol. He should be like th- the best blade master in in the Westlands, in in all of Randland. Yes. By just pure sure. hacks and base skill alone. Um, well, combined, not alone. <laughs> yeah. And Demandred just essentially plays with him and sweeps him away. And then Galad comes in, or Galad comes in, and does even better. And yeah. that made me gain a lot of respect for Galad mm-hmm. because to do better than a by rights blade master with three talent girl that are making him way faster and still put up more of a fight than that guy did means yeah. Galad, uh, Galad is, is incredibly strong. And then you look at Lan and you're just like, I didn't realize they had Ultra Instinct in the Third Age, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lan, Ultra Instinct. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. If you haven't watched Dragon Ball Super, at least I watch feel, Ultra Instinct. I was going to say, I feel like One of the things that actually serves Galad very well is that he... So, it's an interesting story arc, and and I'm actually going to go into... Now that we've actually sort of covered the history, I'm going to go into my final thoughts on, on Gawain, and it's going to include some final thoughts on Galad. Um, from the beginning, Gawain is kind of a dumbass. Uh, and he just gets to be more of a dumbass as the the books go on. Now, again, I still very, very much respect the character of Gawain for his place in the books. Because I have met people in my own life who I look at them and go, I can only describe you as a complete moron. You forward some people's plots, but you are so stupid or so ignorant or make such bad decisions in clutch situations that really, that I cannot respect you. I understand you, but I cannot respect you. And that is Gawain from start to finish. Every, almost every turn, there are like, I can count the number on one hand of times where I actually fully agree with Gawain's decision and think he's doing the right thing. Every other time he's being a complete moron. 
Now, again, he has a lot of things going for him at the beginning of the books, and then he has a lot going not for him in the middle of the books, and by the end, he's damaged goods. That is absolutely true. And I think that it's a situation where Gawain, in his training with Galad, and being closer to Galad and the warders, and going ahead and going through all of this different stuff with his stepbrother, he ends up getting a lot better at certain things. Then it's kind of this perfect storm that happens where he gets into a position of authority that he doesn't really deserve and that is really kind of a sham. And that's where Gawain starts to like really stagnate, if not actually start to fall. Whereas Galad leaves this situation and now instead of being the best swordsman in the room... He goes to other rooms where he's learning new things and he's getting better at different situations and he's learning information and he's learning personality and he's learning gray area and he's learning all of this different stuff. And so when he steps into the ring with Demandred at the end of the books, he is in such a better position based on what he's done since leaving the tower and stopping train as a training as a warder whereas gawain only gets up to that point because he is still the exact same kid who couldn't beat his brother but was close and then his brother got way better and he stayed here yeah He puts on the rings and he gets better because he's got more skills because they're magic. But he never actually gets up to the point of being Galad because he is just chilling at a level. He stays in the room where he's the best swordsman. He stays in the room where he's the best leader and he's not that good at it. Yeah. Well, it also seems like some of his... Sorry, go ahead. Well, and, and I'm just saying, like... Gawain is such a tragic story of his own making. And it's the reason that we call him Duxos and the reason that we don't like him is because of that stagnation, is because of whatever. And again, Robert Jordan didn't do a bad job writing the character. There are people who stagnate like like to the nth degree. And Gawain is the representation of that. But you're not supposed to like that. If you're not striving to be a better person in whatever way that means to you, even if it's not the way that other people think you should be a better person, if you are not striving to your own code of being a better person, I can't respect you. And that's what I feel about Gawain. He stops trying to grow. He stops trying to get better. And I think that he's a very sad, tragic character because of that stagnation. And at the end, he just falls into a trap of his own making and well-written, but very hateable. Yeah. Um, A lot of Gawain's... So Gawain's kind of track record with fighting and everything is... Uh, uh, hit and miss, and pun is kind of intended uh, there. So he has these really. Hit or miss. I guess he's I miss, huh? he's like the super volatile stock market 
where you have these super, super, super like bullish highs immediately followed by these absolutely devastating bearish lows or, you know, high highs and then low lows um, because he's, he's still very young, uh, but he beats like Hamar who bested uh, Sleet, who had bested land two out of seven bouts, which is nothing to shake a stick at. Besting yes. land in yeah. half a bout is something to boast about. Uh, well, that just, yeah, that's no, that about, about whatever. I loved it. Um, and then loses to Matt, which, okay, Tavir and Lucky, and, you know, in the books, Matt's dad isn't an absolute complete and total bastard and is, like, a, the best quarterstaff yeah. fighter in all of Amon's field. I mean, you can argue and, and infer some bastardness, I guess, there, but not to the degree that the show, <laughs> the show went with. I'm Why? very good right. at being a quarterstaff fighter. And the show definitely took horses. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, even according to Robert Jordan, uh, some of his fights, he won more because of luck than Galwin or readers may have realized. Um, yeah, for example, in his skirmish with the Shido after Demise Wells, the, there was a Shido that he fought that was bumped from behind and fell into Galwin's blow, allowing him to kill him. Yes. Um, and then you see like this this failure because he doesn't approach Demondred in this like very noble fashion. If I'm gonna fight you to the death, he tries to ninja assassin the dude first because yeah. well that's what the blood knives tried to do. This ring must be really good for it. And Demondred is like, it's also not a terrible strategy in war. Like just, I mean, say yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was his best. I mean, I think Gollum was right when he was like, "This is my best chance of getting rid of this guy." It's not rules but then he of engagement, but also like what rules? Yeah, but then he fails, and Demondrand is like, "You're such a coward. Who does this?" And he's like, "You're okay. Let's duel." And Demondrand is like, I can, I can already tell. Yeah, I commend your tenacity. Let's try this, and then just like mortally wounds him. Uh, but there's so much of Gawain that, as much as th there are characters that uh, at least I and collectively we shit on uh, all the time, um, but uh, <laughs> we do try to give those characters even their comeuppance, their due diligence in aspects where they do shine. Because not counting uh, apparently any of the uh, any of the the forces of the shadow sword fighters, because obviously Demondred would be on on par with uh, with Land. Um, Robert Jordan ranked the the four best sword fighters in the series uh, as Land being number one, Rand being number two, Galad being number three, and Gawain being number four. Uh, again, we'll we'll assume that. If he was asked, he would have put Demondred on par with Lan. So, well, there's no Shadow Spawn or Forsaken in that list, so I'm guessing that he actually yeah. just it, left it, them off. Of the forces that's, of the life. That's what I was saying initially. No, exactly. Um, the, the, the list I'm looking at doesn't expressly state the best uh, sword fighters of the forces of the light. Correct. So, I am assuming that Maybe but, when this question was asked of Robert Jordan, uh, we weren't that far or even in book 14. 
So he wasn't going to sit there yeah. and be like, the Mandred is Could like be. on par with land. And so he's just like, land, uh, Rand. Um, Wait, so who's who the best swordsman or who's the, who are the top five swordsmen in all of, uh, all of Randland? The Mandred. The Mandred <laughs> is one of the best swordsmen. Would you be nameless? I think that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. But all right. Uh, we've kind of talked about. Nope. Oh, yeah. Uh, did we already say we were doing so, final thoughts? I didn't I did. know if we did or not. Yeah. Oh, well, that was my final thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Anything <laughs> else to say? <laughs> nope. Okay. We've already so, talked so about Gawain way more thoughts. than I thought we would. <laughs> Correct. And he doesn't even my have final any thoughts with With Gawain is I'm actually glad we did this episode because taking a few more minutes to think about it and really kind of dive deep into his character, I can I feel like I can see why he made some of the dumb decisions that he made. Um, Wrong. And many of the decisions that he made that were dumb were very human decisions to make. Correct. Um, the one decision that I feel is unforgivable unexcusable and in every single way absolutely shitty is the decision he made to take the blood knives and go attack Demandred. I'm sorry there's no redemption from that none period yeah. he he knew all the facts and actively made a shitty decision when he knew better he knew how it mm -hmm. would affect Egwene he knew I mean there's just there's just too much and so he he's the character that we wanted to get a redemption arc that we never got um i think daniel mm -hmm. you know, you're spot on when you said you know he's it, it's a very tragic story it's a very sad story um but that's one of the things we love about these books not every story is a happy story it doesn't have to be a happy story so that's like the that's story of naruto on on that <laughs> it's like if you took the story yeah, of naruto and never had him learn anything beyond multi-shadow clone jutsu. Exactly. And he just stayed at that level the entire series. Sure. Yeah. We're going to go with that. that well, I like, that's how it would have went. I like what uh, Morshadi in the live chat said, is that he is, in essence, reverse fridging. <laughs> because he pushes other people's stories ahead. And yeah, I, 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 I don't hate it. I do. Well Why well are done. you continuing to just use that word <laughs> when it does not mean what you think it means? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for joining us on this week of the Black Tower podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode, and we thank you for conducting yourselves in an orderly fashion while receiving your weekly dose of detaint. And we hope that uh, after this episode, you're just a little bit more insane than you were when you first started. So from all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been Josh. I have been Andrew. <laughs> and I have been uh, hurt really hard on the inside <laughs> by this episode, but I still think it was good. And I have also been Daniel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you for going on that journey with us. Thank you for 
sticking with us and sticking by us just as hard as so many fucking characters stick by Gowan. Uh, and we hope that you're having a lovely rest of, or a lovely morning, whatever day that is. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.